very good at times like these with the utterly heartbreaking events over the last time of being here in this area in Boston uh, to get together like this. Um, I'm so pleased that uh, so many of us are here. You can't hear, Sam? Can you hear now? Yeah, okay. So um, we're so pleased that uh, we had this time to come together, to get together. And we are, by getting together in this way, taking refuge in Sangha, taking refuge in community. So um, if we could begin just by sitting together in silence. As you know, there have been these moments of silence that the whole city has participated in. And um, right now we'll participate ourselves, even if you did yesterday at 10 of 3. So just beginning with a, a dedicated minute, and then we'll move into a guided metta meditation, but just a dedicated minute right now, thinking of those who were directly impacted Let the whole of it into your heart. This is a safe place. Let all of it in right now without thinking that you need to defend your heart or protect yourself. Reflecting on those who died and letting whatever is be there for you, the wholeness of this, the totality. If strong feelings arise, allowing, acknowledging those strong feelings. No need to do anything about them. If there's numbness or no feeling, that's fine as well. A dedicated time of silence.
One of our challenges, our tasks, is to hold everyone in our hearts. To hold everyone in our hearts. Some of us here may have been directly impacted. All of us have been indirectly impacted. holding those who have been directly impacted, those who were killed or injured, holding those or were impacted because of enormous loss. Holding the young men in their families as well. As we know, the youngest was a Cambridge kid, very intimate, very close. Can we hold everyone in our heart right now? Can we let our hearts break and not be troubled by the breaking? Can we hold ourselves as well, moving inwardly, moving outwardly? The personal and the impersonal. focused on this area, this geographical area, our own neighborhood. And being aware of how these kinds of things impact others all over the world. Can we hold it all? Can we hold ourselves Can we hold our neighborhood? And by neighborhood, I mean something quite big. And can we hold this whole world in our hearts right now?
when we come up against resistance and judgment, this person deserves it, but this person doesn't. This area deserves it, and this area doesn't. Is it possible to hold it all, not leaving anyone out? Let it move, let it shift. Let it change, let it transform. Allowing the elements of love, compassion, courage, kindness, Perseverance allowing these elements to be found within your heart right now. Not us against them, not something rigid and boundaried. Can we let it all in? Can we bless all beings? Don't leave yourself out right now. It's so tempting.
May we have ease of mind. May we have comfort of heart. May we live in love and in compassion. May this we be an infinite we. present with what is and not look away. May we respond rather than react. May we allow ourselves to experience our vulnerability. Instead of getting lost in judging, in harshness, in anger, can we experience the sorrow? Can we be aware? of the inevitability of change, the fragility of all things. And use this as connecting rather than disconnecting. of mind. May we have comfort of heart. May we live in love and in compassion. Stay here. Stay present.
by Hafiz. When the words stop and you can endure the silence that reveals your heart's pain of the emptiness or that great wrenching sweet longing, that is the time to try and listen to what the beloved's eyes most want to say. Can we just bow to one another? A deep bow, a good bow? Okay. I was, um, on Friday, I was a little bit close to um, the very uh, difficult things that were happening. And um, so I went away the next day and... um, I was in another state with a family member. And when I came back, I saw that there were a lot of signs saying, we are one Boston. And they seemed to be on, on um, buses and you know, all sorts of different places. I think that everyone has been um, affected, as I say, either directly or indirectly. And this is because we are one body. In Zen, it's called dharmakaya, this sense of us being one body. And so being affected, being um, experiencing, sensing, uh, knowing the pain and sorrow of others. And this is just what is so natural for us as human beings, because we are in this together we experience with these kinds of heartbreaking events, as I said before, the inevitability of change, that there is always change, as well as the fragility of life. Someone gave me this gorgeous poem. Uh, She gave it to me uh, in honor of my father, who just died. And this is it. Poems will die. 10,000-year-long loves will also die. Clouds swirl, obscuring the whole sky. Our life's journey, there are ups and downs. But one day, I will shake free from all my worldly debt. We are in this together. We are in this together. And it's so tempting to leave someone out of our hearts, whether it's, you know, this feeling. Boston is so interesting because it's so provincial, you know? so provincial, and yet at the same time, it's so international. You know, so some of us might feel, oh, these things happen around the world all the time. And so now we know what's that, what that's like. But at the same time, this is our neighborhood. You know, this is where we live. And so we have to honor it all, I think. 
we have to hold all beings in our hearts, small and big, the bigger picture and the smaller picture. There's kind of an intimacy in this area. Some people see it as we live in a big city, but those of us who live here know that that's not so. There's an incredible intimacy and connectedness. And so here we are recognizing and acknowledging that. The Buddha said that all things are impermanent. Look within the heart for liberation. All things are impermanent. Look within the heart for liberation. How are we not in this together? Each one of us doing our best to look within our hearts. Um, Yeah? I was looking in my heart. (laughs) As I understand it, there are a fair number of people here this evening who are also or came just for the drop-in, and you're very, very new, perhaps completely new, to our practice. Um, there are a number of facets to the practice. One has to do with cultivating some ideal human qualities. And Orion tapped, I think, all that I could think of. Uh, replacing some of the conditionings, the ways in which our mind has, and our hearts have uh, developed over the years of all of our life experience. Uh, replacing it with uh, more beautiful human qualities that we all have but are underdeveloped perhaps or that need recognition and need watering, so to speak. Uh, so one mode of uh, practice is, is uh, qualities are uh, strengthened, nourished by bringing them in consciously and putting energy into those qualities. The other, the other mode, which I like to just very, very barely hint at tonight, uh, and that's the essence of vipassana, is seeing clearly of just the way it is. Uh, this is not about ideals at all. Uh, this, Unless you want to set up an ideal as seeing the way it is. Uh, but the actual seeing of, an, of the way it is is not an ideal. It's what happens. It's a perception of seeing. Um, I think everyone whether they heard of meditation or not, had uh, a range of human reactions that are no different, certainly, than mine. I'm going to just say very briefly about some of what I went through. Uh, attempting to give it a some relevance for practice and perhaps for you. I don't know. Uh, for some of you who knew, it may be too different from what you're used to. But let's see. Um, <clears throat> When this happened, uh, it was a, a lovely day, and my wife and I were taking a walk, and then we went to this restaurant on the corner, Coriana. Um, and this is before it all, everything happened. And we were sitting there, and towards the end of our meal, it went on, the TV went on, and we found out about what happened, that there was a, a bombing uh, at the marathon. We stayed away from the marathon because we just wanted to have a simple day and take a walk in a during beautiful weather. 
Um, clearly, it had an immediate impact, but we cut short our meal, went home, and then I turned on, of course, CNN. And then just paid attention. Uh, and what came up immediately was probably no different than what came up for you. I'm, we're all just human beings. Someone walking up Mass Ave right now or Broadway who never heard of meditation, never heard of Buddhism, never heard of Chechnya, um, you have feelings. Something happens when you see this, and some of it is so dramatic. And then when you start finding out little by little the details of, what, of the impact of what happened. Uh, in my own case, so I went through, I don't have to catalog them, but I started to soon see, and maybe this is because this is what I've been doing for so many years, I started to see my mind start to free associate a lot. And suddenly I was back at 9-11 when I was in the headstand doing yoga and in the headstand, and there was a phone call. I got out of the headstand, called a person back, was a good friend, and they said, turn on your TV on the news. I said, why? She couldn't tell me. And so, of course, I remember that vividly. And here, I don't, I'll never forget this. It was a beautiful day, walking, uh, having a nice meal at Coriana, right on the corner. I don't work for them, but they're right there. <laughs> um, and uh, just as real was what happened. Just as real. And so, uh, I was, my mind was reviewing uh, 9-11, and then it started into uh, making connections and uh, getting into uh, Chechnya, which I know a fair amount about. My wife is Russian. I also follow the news. Uh, being puzzled when they, this is after they identified who the, the people were. But I also saw that at times my mind would use uh, beautiful Dharma teachings to keep from feeling what it was feeling. I was feeling like what everyone else is feeling. I teared up when you when you find out that a uh, a young boy and his sister and mother greet a father who just finished just finished the marathon, and then there's an explosion. The boy is killed. Uh, well, you know you know all the details. Uh, and so forth, a young Chinese student who just came here so full of optimism and hope, a uh, very enthusiastic person, local. And then later on we find out a, uh, a policeman who was just sitting in his car, and he looked like he was just entering manhood. He looked like a child himself. So, of course, I went through that, but I could also see there are times when my mind would use Dharma principles like Everything is uncertain. Everything is arising and passing away. Very, very good teaching because it's profound in its own way if you follow through on it. But I could see in that moment it didn't want to feel what I was feeling. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. And then uh, more and more I started to see it was an interplay between distractions, even ones that seemed like they're fine, they're dharma, they're true, they're useful, and they are very, very. Those of you who are new, I hope you stick around, you'll find out they are. So there are teachings which are in words and guidance from teachers. You just got some of them. They're very, very helpful. They sensitize us to certain dimensions of life, what's missing, what could be here, and so forth. And then there's the actuality of how, how, we, how we actually experience life in this moment. It's a fact. It's just this way. And so I could see going back and forth between the ideal 
between uh, using perfectly good teaching, and sometimes it was helpful, and at other times I saw it was a kind of high-class way of hiding that I didn't want to feel what I was feeling, and I didn't want to tear up. And, I, and my, my wife was really much more emotional overtly, and I didn't want to feed that. And then I, So you see all this, and this is still going on, this interplay between just you still eat, you still go to sleep, uh, and the story's not over. And you see the mind is wondering, is this another example? Um, so the story goes on, and it's going to go on, apparently, for a while. Uh, just let me, just very briefly, because we don't have much time. We threw this together. This is, we didn't have much time to, and I'm amazed that so many of you came. I'm really uh, moved by that so many of you could come here for this. Um, what I saw was, that when I was able to see where my mind was making up ideas about what was happening, free associating, even if they were useful ones, and I don't mean to eliminate them, uh, and when I saw that and they fell away and it was just a raw, naked experience of what was happening, and because I've been doing this for a while, so my mind has somewhat of an ability to remain steady as it looks at what it doesn't want to look at and to look at what it doesn't want to feel, and to feel what it doesn't want to feel and see it and experience it, and then hide and see that. Uh, what I feel led for me, and each of us has, you know, you all know how you related to this. Some of you have been practicing for years, and some of you are really new, is that uh, I prefer, it was a good way to relate to it because I started to feel the, the authenticity of when I just experienced this as it was, just as it was. And then my mom had started in a long thing of why they, uh, if they're, why don't the Chechens have enough to do with the Russians? What do they need to start trouble with us? And then I found, no, it's not about Chechnya there. And then my mom would go on a sophisticated, uh, you know, could be a political science class and, uh, and realize, what is it doing here? That's all interesting and possibly even helpful, but not right now. And so I found, of course, we do. this is what the three of us do. I found that uh, my preference was to be intimate with what was happening just as it was happening and to save too much of the explanations and theorizing uh, for later on. Um, in terms of the violence, which seems to be escalating on every level, wherever we look, whether it's schoolyards or, or countries or wherever we look, just a reminiscence that came up many, many years ago. I was still teaching at a university, and there was a conference on spirituality and social and action. And um, there was, I was studying with a Sufi master at the time. That's a form of Islam. It's the esoteric form. Uh, they're very free. Uh, be similar to any free. Kind. They're, they're not that. They are. They're often disliked within Islam because they're so free, and broad and open. Uh, so this uh, teacher, uh, we became good friends. Uh, he was much older than me and, and was a Sufi, and we had had conversations before, and he wanted me to come to Iran with him. Uh, to help a project there, and I had hesitation. This is before the Shah was deposed. 
Some of you don't even know who the Shah was. But. Okay. Um, and then he said, uh, then we got onto a, a, a side conversation. He said, you know, at the time I was not involved in any of this. This was more than 40 years ago, much more. And he said, you know, the religion of the future will probably be Buddhism. And I said, but, I, but aren't you a Muslim? Why do you say, I'm surprised you say that. And he said, well, I'll tell you why. Because as I see it, unfortunately, it turns out his vision was correct. Uh, things are just going to get more and more and more violent. So there's going to be a greater and greater hunger for gentleness, peace, tolerance, openness, accommodation, dialogue, and so forth. And of all the world religions, Buddhism far and away is equipped for this. I didn't think much of it. I didn't even know what, much about Buddhism. You know, just a little statue or in a Chinese restaurant or whatever. Um, not to say that Buddhism is the answer, but clearly you see this developing too, simultaneously, and is it needed desperately? So even a little place like CIMC, in a big scheme of things, CIMC is a little place, our little community. Uh, if we can contribute to that just by helping each other as we're doing today and learning how to, there are certain tools that exist, whether you decide to become Buddhist or not, that's up to you. But the skills that are embedded in the meditation, meditative approach in, in teachings like Vipassana and Zen, the Tibetan teachings, they're practical. They're very useful. It isn't a prerequisite that you have to uh, affiliate yourself and know all the holidays and do it. You can, but you don't have to because on its face you can see these are valuable skills that you're learning. And it seems to me that whatever choice you make and wherever you go to, uh, to express that decision, uh, this is the direction that we all need to go, whether it's whether you're looking at ecology, which is destruction of the land out of ignorance, the air and water that we drink, the food that we eat, wondering why disease is growing, whether we look at North Korea, whether we look at the, at the marathon, for goodness sakes, whether we look at a schoolyard, whether we look in our own family, wherever we look, it's prevalent. And yet there's something else that's cooking that's attempting to alleviate it, to, to turn it around. And so um, in our own way, all of us here, I think, in our own small way, but not insignificant, I hope are contributing to bringing a patch of sanity into this world as it is. And uh, it's very reassuring to me that you showed up with almost no notice. So thank you. I showed up with no notice too. We're all, <laughs> as as Narayan mentioned, we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, you know, we've heard so much. I think when there are these incredibly um, uh, horrific, stressful situations, um, something something also comes out that's extraordinary. And um, out of out of just you know without any mental training, what else uh, at all? We're so interested in training our hearts. But um, even if that's not so, something really amazing oftentimes comes out. I mean, people who were moving towards those who needed help, you know, 
these what we call first responders who were just oftentimes just ordinary people. And I guess, um, I don't know, can we be first responders? And I don't mean getting ourselves in, in the way of things that are, you know, that we shouldn't be in the way of because if we responded, maybe we would just be a problem. But I mean just can we, can we move towards instead of away from? You know, is that possible? Yeah, because then we're really, we're really, um, we're really practicing. Um, and I think this is a kind of a delicate time right now because something so beautiful can emerge in terms of courage and beauty and selfless action and this kind of thing. But to sustain it is really hard. It's really hard. And in this area, I think there could be some contraction or some um, getting stuck. And um, I think we just have to really work with that and continue to um, to open our hearts in the midst of it all. So how about if we just sit for a minute more together? We we said till um, till 7, but we said that because we wanted to have some time when everybody could just hang out together too. And you didn't have to leave immediately because we have another class happening at um, 7.15. So let's just sit for a moment together. Once again, just feeling whatever you're feeling. You'll get in trouble if you don't. (laughs) It'll come out in strange ways. We don't want that. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to feel whatever you feel. And don't be afraid to let your heart break. It's appropriate. To the Buddhas residing in all directions, with my palms pressed together, I make this request. Please continue to shine the lamp of Dharma for living beings lost in suffering in the darkness of ignorance. May I become an island for those seeking dry land, a lamp for those needing light, a place of rest for those who desire one, and a servant for those needing service. May we have ease of mind May we have deep comfort of heart. May we live in love and in compassion.
another big bell. This is for all beings everywhere. Okay. Um, just to echo what, what Larry said, I'm very moved that, um, that you all came out tonight. It's very beautiful. It's good to be together during this time. Okay. So there is a class beginning at 7.15, but feel free if you want to hang out and, and chat for a little bit. Um, just make sure you um, really are gone, unless, unless some, <laughs> other than those of you who shouldn't be gone. And there's a class downstairs at 7 o'clock as well. Um, some of you may be part of that class, so just to know that. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.